I'd like for you to turn your uh, New Testament, your Bible, to the 8th chapter of the book of Acts. The 8th chapter of the book of Acts. This morning I would like to study with you uh, the conversion of the Samaritans. The conversion of the Samaritans. You know, Samaria was the second place that the promise in the book of Acts was made that they were to be witnesses. In the eighth chapter, the first chapter of Acts, he said, You'll be my witnesses when you receive the Holy Spirit, Jerusalem and Judea, and unto Samaria, and then unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Well, this is a time when it, when it extends into Samaria. And Samaria is the place where the people who were uh, mixed between the Jewish race and, uh, and other races, and uh, they were not really appreciated by the Jews. As we know, the Good Samaritan who stopped and helped uh, the one who was wounded and needed help, that Jesus commended him and said that he was the neighbor. He was the neighbor that uh, was to be considered and loved as the second commandment in the Old Testament is stated when the lawyer asked him, Who is my neighbor? And he gave him the Good Samaritan who stopped and helped someone who was wounded and took care of him and took him into the uh, next place and uh, spent money on him and all that he had. And he said, you take care of him. If it's more than this, I'll pay the rest when I come back. And Jesus said, this is the, this is the neighbor. This is the person who... Uh, is to be commended because he not only loved God with all his heart and soul, but he loved his neighbor as himself and demonstrated that. However, when Jesus was here on earth, he went through Samaria, and he was on his way to Jerusalem, according to Luke. And he had said that he was headed toward Jerusalem as we're going to Jerusalem, and the Samaritans heard about it and knew about it, and they were prejudiced, they had been hurt, they had been criticized, until they wouldn't let him come by in their area. And this is when John and James said, Lord, uh, will you give us the power like you gave Elijah and let us just bring fire down from heaven and just kill those people? And he said, uh, you don't know what spirit you're of. You don't know what spirit you're of. Uh, he loved the Samaritans. And uh, uh, when he was teaching in the fourth chapter of the Gospel according to John, no one was there. The disciples had gone in to get something to eat, and, and he, he taught the lady at the well. She was a Samaritan lady. And he told her that he was the Messiah. And when he'd finished teaching her, she went to her place, mixed up as she was, married five times, had five husbands, and was, had a person she was living with. 
And he told her all that. She went in and told people, come and see the person that told me everything. He must be the Messiah. And there were people that went out of Samaria, and they went out to hear Jesus. And, and the fourth chapter of John says that many believed on him. And then a lot of them came and said, well, we do. We, we believe on him now since we've heard him, not because that woman told us about it, but because we hear it for ourselves. They were surprised against the women doing anything until they didn't even want to give her credit for uh, leading them to them. They wanted to understand that it was on their own that they accepted Jesus. Now, this gives us a background a little bit of just what happens in that city. Now, this must have been ten years before this when Jesus taught and when all this happened. The church has been established in, in uh, Jerusalem, and many people have been taught, and uh, many people have turned against uh, uh, Christianity because Paul uh, was a stubborn Jew, and he was a well-trained Jew, and he just made his business to kill people who confessed Christ, and uh, he just made it his business to do that. And he was in it, it's estimated eight or nine years after Christianity started that, that uh, he, before Christ, spoke to him. And this is just, uh, this is going to happen. In the ninth chapter, we're going to, you can study about that. But after the stoning of Stephen's, where that Paul had held the coats of those who were stoning him, and uh, his spirit was called up to heaven, and he said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit, and lay not this sin to their charge. Now, after that happened, uh, this is what happened. Look at the eighth chapter. And Saul was consenting unto his death, to Stephen's death. And at that time, there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem. A great persecution of the church that was at Jerusalem to the extent that they were getting out of Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the region of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. So we see that God had scattered them because of the great persecution. And uh, devout men carried Stephen's uh, to his burial, and great lamentation was uh, made over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house and hailing men and women and committed them to prison. Therefore they were scattered abroad. They that were scattered abroad, and, and there was a number of them that just said up there in the second and the third verse, second verse, third. They went everywhere preaching the word. Now this is what we want to key in on about the conversion of the Samaritans. They were preaching the word. We want to ask the question, what is it to preach the word? What is it to preach the word? Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. 
Well, is that any different from preaching the Word? Is it the same thing? And is that the way we teach people today? If a person isn't a Christian, uh, is that the way to make him a Christian and a follower of Christ? They preach the Word. They preach Christ. And the people with one card gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Now, the miracles didn't save them. We'll see that Christ saved them. But there was an essential thing here. There was the preaching of the word and there was the preaching of Christ. But to confirm the word and to cause them to believe it, he did miracles. In Acts, I mean in Hebrews, the second chapter, we're told that God, who at sundry time and in diverse manners spake of the fathers by the prophets, hath at the end of these days spoken unto us by his Son. That's the first chapter. The second chapter is, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which are spoken unto us, which were first given unto us by the Son, and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him, by signs and wonders and different miracles and the gifts according to the Holy Spirit. So that's the way, that's God's plan. He speaks to us through Christ. And that's what Hebrews 1 and 1 says. But he confirmed that speaking and what Christ wanted us to do through men that he gave power to perform miracles. But it's still up to us to believe what has been taught, just as it was with them in that day. For unclean spirits, crying with loud voices, came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsy, and that were lame, the ones that were lame were healed. And there was great joy in the city. And there was a certain man called Simon, which before time in the same city used sorcery, and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was some great one, to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. That wasn't true, but that's what they said. And to him they had regard because of a long time he had bewitched them with sorceries. A lot of people are deceived today. They were deceived. But when they believed Philip, Preaching the thing concerning the kingdom of God. Now just put this with verse up above it where he said that he preached Christ, the word and he preached Christ. And now he's preaching the kingdom. He's preaching the thing concerning the kingdom of God. And the name of Jesus Christ there's one thing to preach the word. There's another thing to preach Christ. There's another thing to preach the kingdom. There's another thing uh, to preach the name of Jesus. But yet that just means he's in authority. And they all mean the same thing. They overlap. 
They're looking at it from a different point of view. When they heard that, look what they did. They were baptized, both men and women. Now this is the place where Jesus taught the woman at the well. This is the place where James and John wanted to bring fire down from heaven and burn those people up because they wouldn't let Christ through to go to Jerusalem. They were too precious. This is the place, this is the place where this man was reared who stopped and did a good deed. And Jesus commended him. This is the place the person lived in that Jesus healed ten lepers and he healed one from this place, Samaria, that came back and thanked God, thanked him that he healed him. And he said, where's the nine? But here the gospel is being preached to them. They were like dogs in the eyes of the Jews. They were mixed breeds. They were not received. And yet here is the gospel going to them. It has been in Jerusalem, and now it's being taught there. What did these people do? What did it consist of when a person heard about Christ? And what did they do? It's very simple. We have right here that he preached Christ unto them in verse 4. He also preached the word unto them in verse 4, the word, and Christ in verse 5. And in verse 12, he preached the kingdom. He preached the authority of Christ, and they were baptized. Now, isn't that simple, and isn't that easy to understand? But, you know, if we can ask the question, well, just what did they do? When were they converted? Well, what church did they join? And what procedure did they go through in order to, to do that? All we have to do is just understand that that's, that's taught in this book. It's already been covered by Luke as he's already written. You say, well, what do you mean? Well, just turn back to Acts 2. Just turn back to Acts 2. There's no use of him, his repeating this, this again. Now, when it comes to preaching, he has, he has let us know what it is when you get up before people. I want you to look at the, at the second chapter and the fourth verse. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So here was the apostles, they were speaking, and they were speaking as the Spirit gave them utterance, and there were dwelling in Jer Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. And they heard them speak in their own language. Look at verse 6. Now, when you look down to the, the 13th or the 14th verse, they got in an uproar here, and they said, uh, well, these men are drunk, speaking in these different languages and doing this. And, and Peter said, no, look at verse 14. 
He lifted up his voice. Now, when you lift up your voice, you're speaking words. And he's speaking the word unto them. And he said unto them, You men of Galilee and Judea and all ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. So he's preaching the words and, and he's inspired. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. So he's speaking the words. Now what he did, he said, It isn't true that they're drunk. But he said, This is a fulfillment of prophecy. Look at verse 16. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Job. So he's, he's speaking, and he, he quotes that prophecy there. And look at verse 22. He said, you hear these words. Well, what did they do in Samaria when they spoke words? Well, they spake the word. They, if they spake the word, they did the same thing Peter did. So he spake the word. What is the word? Why, it's, it's preaching Christ. It's preaching the word. And that's exactly what he did here. And look at number 22. Ye men of Nazareth, hear these words. And immediately he speaks Jesus. So he's preaching Jesus. He's preaching Christ. This Jesus of Nazareth, man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of you as ye yourselves also know. What is the word? The word is exactly what the Spirit has recorded even before this. And if they spake the words in, in Samaria, they, did, they preached this because this, this is the word and this is what was preached. Look at the 20, 23rd verse. What is it to preach Christ? didn't say anything in the 8th chapter when he just preached Christ. What is it? Well, here's what it is. Him being delivered by the determined counsel and foreknowledge of God. No, if God planned it all out anyway, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holding of it. Now, you know what that produces? That produces faith in the resurrection. That's preaching Christ. And when you preach Christ and the resurrection, you're speaking how to reign with God. And that's the kingdom. That's the way we reign with God. Look at number 25. He's preaching Christ. He's preaching the word. And he says, For David speaking concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before by faith, for he is on my right hand that I should not be removed. Therefore did my heart rejoice. He's preaching the word here, but he's also preaching Christ. But he's also preaching the kingdom because they were looking for David's kingdom. He was a great king. And Jesus is this king. And my tongue was glad, moreover also my flesh shall rest in hope. There was this passage over there that said this is going to happen a long time before it happened. Because thou wilt not leave my soul in the unseen world. He's preaching Christ, but he's preaching the resurrection. Neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life. This is what David is writing. 
He's writing about Christ. He's writing it in words, and it's the Word. And it's Christ, and it's the reign of Christ in the hearts and lives of people, so it's the kingdom. And it's the authority of Christ. It's the name of Christ, because he's the one to be praised. Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. Now he stops and he comments, and he said, Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of this patriarch David. This is both, he is both dead and buried, and his sepulchre is with this day. It didn't refer to him. I want you to get that, he said. Therefore, being a prophet, knowing that God had sworn with the nose to him that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ. He's preaching Christ. He's preaching the word. He's preaching the kingdom. Christ is, is going to reign. He, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. Now, in the 8th chapter, he said, he preached word, he preached Christ, in chapter 4, I mean, verse 4 and verse 5. And then chapter 12, he said, and he preached the kingdom, and he preached the reign of Christ, or the, the, the name of Christ, which is mean that he has all authority. He has all authority. And right here, to preach Christ is to preach the same thing that Peter did. And he said here, he said, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. Now, when Luke is writing this again, he didn't go in detail and tell you about his, what preaching Christ was. But you can be sure that he preached that, that Philip preached it. He, seeing this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. Now the question comes to us today, look at that 32nd verse. What does this sermon, what does this conversion of the uh, Samaritans have to do with us? It has everything to do with us. If we want to be converted and become Christians like they did then, we've got to believe this. And the question comes, have you believed the word? Have you believed Christ? Have you believed in the kingdom? Have you believed in the resurrection? Have, have you really acknowledged him? Look at that 32nd verse. This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. He's not dead. He's alive. Therefore, being by the right hand of God, and exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, what was the promise of the Holy Spirit? That he would neither leave his soul in hell, nor his body would treat corruption, but that he'd be given his life. He hath shed forth this which you now see and hear. He's in control. He's the king. As we read before our communion, he's the prince of of the king of the earth, and he's made every one of us a king and a priest unto God that come to him. Isn't that wonderful? He says, For David is not ascended unto the heavens, but he saith unto the Lord. Now, who is the Lord? David said unto the Lord. Who was David talking to? He was... The, the Lord said unto my Lord, 
Who is my Lord? That has to be Christ, because in the context, he was raised from the dead. So the first Lord here is Jehovah God, the Father. Said unto my Lord, David is saying, unto my Christ, unto my Messiah. Sit thou on my right hand until I make thine foes thy footstool. Now look at the 36th verse. He said, Let the whole house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom he crucified, both Lord, that means the ruler, that means the one in power, and Christ. Christ means the Messiah. Now what is it, and what was it down in Samaria, for Philip to go down there and preach the word? It was just this right here. What was it for him to go down there and preach Christ? It was this right here. What was it for him to go down there and preach the kingdom? It was this right here. What was it for him to say that in his name, he preached his name, and it was... One of the versions says he preached the gospel, the good news. And that was the good news. And it's real good news today. He had made him both Lord and Christ. Now you know what they did when they heard this in Acts 2? Look what they did. They were touched. They were touched. I want to know if you're here and you haven't heard the gospel before, if it touches you. Now... Not because it came from me, but because it came from Philip and from Peter. I want to ask you, do you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God? Is he the Messiah? Do you believe that he reigns on the throne of David today in heaven? And he's inviting you to come and to be baptized into him. That's what they did on the day of Pentecost. Look at this. They were pricked in their hearts, and they said, well, what, what do we have to do to get all this to do? He said, you just repent. You change your way. You change your affection. You change your confidence in, any, in everybody. But you repent, you change, and you be baptized. Every one of you, every one, in the name, and that's what they were preaching down in Samaria, when they heard Philip preaching the good tidings that of the kingdom and of the name of Jesus, they were baptized, both men and women. Why did they do it? Because right here it says they had already preached that it was for the removal of your sins. Now, does just being baptized and just the water remove your sins? No, 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 no. It's the blood of Christ shed in his death and when you acknowledge that he's your king and that you want him to be your king, you acknowledge his death and his shedding of his blood. It is his blood that forgives you, but you die to yourself and you go into a watery grave. I don't know why he chose it. He just chose it because he said, except you be born of the water and spirit, you can't enter the kingdom of heaven. He just chose it because he said, who could be water that these should be baptized. It was just demonstrated. And in Romans 6, he said, it's the likeness of Jesus' death. You're buried with him by baptism into death. Not sprinkled, but buried. So he has just designed that. 
It's the washing of water with the Word. It all fits in. And that's what they did. And I want you to look at the third night verse. The promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off. That means the Gentiles everywhere, anytime. And even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And we're called by this message. We're told in First Thessalonians that you're called by the gospel. We're called, God is calling you this morning by this message. We're called by the gospel. And you know what they did? Look at that 41st verse. They heard this. They, they received gladly, at least 3,000 of them did, the word. And the ones that received it gladly, they were baptized. The same day. And you can too. And you know what the Lord did? He added unto them. He'll do the adding. You don't have to worry about what church. Look down to 47. They praised God in having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church. How many? While they that were being saved should be saved. Who were the ones that should be saved? Ones that repented and were baptized for the remission of sins. As he said, by Mark, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Now it's the blood of Christ that forgives you. It's acknowledging him as the king and the redeemer, as the king that sits on David's throne. Isn't that easy and simple? That's the way the, the Samaritans were converted. And that's the way you can be changed and made a part of Christ as we stand together and say.